everybody, and welcome to another episode of the RXP Podcast. Tiffany is your host today, and we're in episode 69. And I No, oh, it's 66. <laughs> You're looking forward nice. to it too much. This is nice. not nice. No, my bad, episode 66. <laughs> First... Hold on. First, you start talking in third person. You're like, Tiffany's my name, and this is episode 69. It's like, there's so much wrong with everything that just started. I'm kind of like out of my element right now. It's been so long since I've hosted. Okay. Everyone, this is episode 66 of the RXB podcast. I'm joined by my co-hosts. You've heard their laughs. Alex. Nice. And Matt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we have a fun episode for you today. A little bit more loosey-goosey <laughs> discussion. We're going to talk about the big topic of digital versus physical. And now, you know, we're talking in the concept of even with streaming. Like, are you a digital movie library guy? Are you still buying Blu-rays or DVDs? You know, digital video games or physical copies? You know, PlayStation came out with a digital-only version of the PlayStation 5, which is more symmetrical and might be more appealing to some people. Um, You know, the whole shebang. I'm going to go first, outline my most recent troubles... Uh, in my video gaming uh, journey. Mm -hmm. So audience knows I like to advocate for cost savings. And so I've shouted on this pod a couple of times how Walmart can be a homie by selling video games at a discounted price. Now, in the past, a lot of Nintendo Switch games, even first party, were $49.98 or $49.99 at Walmart on release day instead of the typical $59.99. Now, at the end of March, we had our very favorite pink fluffy Nintendo character come out with a new game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I did a pilgrimage to Walmart and then was very disappointed. They were not honoring their deal, and it was on sale for $59.99. So now to me, I was thinking, do I proceed as mm-hmm. I am a physical uh, video game gal on the norm? Mm-hmm. Or do I get the digital game because of ease? And put, some might argue laziness. But, <laughs> you know, the, the fact that it's just in my switch and I don't have to do anything about it in the end I ended up going with a digital copy of Kirby and the Forgotten Land yep that was my final decision I decided you know what it's gonna be same price I have a bunch of physical games I should mix it up with some digital games just to make it easier for me when I'm especially when I'm traveling so I'm not like carrying around like you know, 12 different cartridges are with me or whatever. But I, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I had the biggest dilemma. I even, you know, I saw online that Amazon was selling it for $5 cheaper, like physical. And even uh, Costco was selling it for $5 off. But both those situations, mm. I was like, well, I can't. Like Amazon, I'd have to wait. And then mm. Costco, 
I'd probably have to wait too because I don't think they were selling it in the store. So digital one that time. Does it always? I, I feel like you're mostly physical though. I like, am. Is that the only Switch game that you've gone digital? No, I have gotten a few other games digitally. To be honest, I did get Pokemon Arceus digitally. Really? Okay. Yes. That was also sort of a surprise in that, honestly, for that one, um, you know, there were a lot of holiday sales for Nintendo mm-hmm. gift cards. And so I kind of like stockpiled up on some. So then I was like, well, I might as well use this money that I have. And I thought about it and I was like, well, Pokemon is something that I would be obsessed with like I knew I was gonna be obsessed with it right so mm-hmm. to be honest I didn't imagine myself really shifting around with video games like you know would it be cumbersome if I'm like my cartridge was in there but I really wanted to play something else briefly like would that cause me like heartburn by like having to take it out and move it or whatever right mm-hmm. so then I was like well if I have it digitally it'd be easier for me to like play something else or leave something you know leave my Animal Crossing game card in my switch which by the way you guys a huge mistake that i did not get animal crossing digitally i know that i know that that was the biggest probably the biggest mistake of my nintendo switch career Mm -hmm. i Um, feel like but yeah i feel like i only do a little bit of physical with nintendo because it's one of those things where nintendo games cost so much and it's a way for us to be able to share Right. physically like for paper mario like we we shared well i don't even did you did you play it after the fact i can't even remember because i you i lent a, a few yes. games with you and i i could never remember if you played them or not because the the legend of zelda one uh the remake i can't even remember was also physical link's awakening link's awakening thank you thank you thank you but for things like super mario kart or sorry just mario kart 8 like, oh, yeah. I yeah, knew yeah. I needed that digital because it's like, well, it's just going to be there. Like, if I want to play Mario Kart, I don't want to be like, oh, man, I left my I left my physical copy at home, you know. But, like, first-party games or uh, single-player-party games for Nintendo, I'm, like, all about physical. You know, I would say I'm on the topic of the Switch, I'm similar where I would want a physical. But specifically for the Switch, though... I leaned, or I decided from the get-go when I finally got the Switch, which was with the release of uh, Super Mario Odyssey, that I was going to be mainly digital, actually, for the Switch. Mm. And that's mostly because they, you know, advertised the Switch as a mobile console, and I was thinking, well, if I am taking this on the go, it only makes sense that in order to make it as easy as possible for it to be as mobile as possible... I just want all the games installed on there and not have to worry about swapping out cards all the time. Now, with that standing, I did make one exception where I got the uh, physical version of Smash Ultimate. Now, obviously, you know, it's it's one of those games where you think everyone that has a Switch should own a copy of Smash Ultimate. It is one of the most definitive Nintendo Switch games out there to say, if you own the platform, you need to check this game out, regardless of whether or not you like fighting games. It's just a good time. You know, it's like Mario Kart, regardless of whether or not you actually like racing games, it's probably a fun time. Uh, I think part of that, though, goes hand in hand in that it uh, had a special edition that also came with a Smash Bros. Ultimate Pro Controller, Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. 
and a steelbook. And so these types of things, one, I like steelbooks, and two, I needed a pro controller. It was just the most perfect storm of saying, I need to buy this Switch game, particularly physically, because I want to be able to play it wherever, right? In case you do meet the random person that, for some reason, somehow doesn't own Smash, you can just be like, listen, I got you. I have it on cartridge. Let's go. You know, <laughs> pop it in. We can play it anytime, anywhere, down to Smash, you know, as they yeah, say. On the rooftop, <laughs> on the train, like anywhere. Yeah. Are are you all, so this brings an interesting topic. I know you're interested in still books, Alex. Like, that's something I I did know about you, right? Are you all attracted to, like, special editions, like those, like, weird knickknacks that sometimes come with physical copies? This is a slippery slope because I am a sucker for special editions. <laughs> um, so for Nintendo Switch, I've only been, like, recently dabbling in getting digital first-party titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty liberal with getting digital indie games because honestly that's like the way they come like I couldn't get physical even if I tried so I'm I'm pretty like open with that um but Alec but I'll but as Alex said switch is like on the go mobile so I really looking back I feel like I definitely should have gotten a few of the first party titles digitally instead of physically because I'm literally I actually am carrying around like 12 cartridges with me when I go on vacation but anyway so for special editions I totally got um, I would have gotten the special edition of Three Houses, Fire Emblem Three Houses, if it was a little bit more appealing to me. Um, it was, wait, did I get the, th- no, I don't think I got the Three Houses. I know I got like the special edition Fire Emblem, like for the 3DS mm-hmm. a couple of times. I got those special editions. I've gotten a... Uh, I haven't gotten any of the special edition Pokemon versions, mainly because most of those were like double packs. And I was like, gotcha. I don't need. Yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. like a Pokemon double pack, like um, Sword and Shield. So I guess I don't know if I would count. I guess some people might not call them a special edition, but specifically for Switch, I've gotten few and far between uh, uh, for PlayStation. I've definitely gotten a, a special edition or two uh, as Alex likes to point out that i have yet to finish final fantasy 15 but i got that honkin special edition for that game what yeah. what did it come with boy it came with like a steelbook it came with like the movie like Bar. the final no uh, well, i'm just like thinking about it it came with like a movie it came with postcards it came in a very large box but okay. i was there a figure there wasn't a figurine was there? There Alex? is a. There's a. I think there is a Play Arts Kai of Noctis mm. figure. Where did I even put that? Then I don't know where that is in my house. Um, but I, you know what? That that makes sense because it was a pretty large box. Uh, what other special editions have I? gotten i feel like I've, i mean i'm a sucker for them any sort of paraphernalia that shows that i'm just like the biggest fan of that particular title i you know all those keychains the number of keychains i've gotten in a special edition is astronomical i don't have enough keys for that so it's it's out of control i was thinking 
while you were talking about this that I don't think that I've ever had a special edition. And then I got up because I realized the last time I got a special edition was Kingdom Hearts 3 for Xbox. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Because I was hype. Because I, my Twitter, for the earliest stages of my my Twitter lifespan was about, you know, biannually tweeting at Square telling them to bring Kingdom Hearts to Xbox (laughs) because I didn't have a PlayStation. And I was like, do it. Do it, you cowards. And then they did it. And I was like, I'm all about it. Um, it contains a steel book. I don't know if... Yeah, I got I that if, special edition yeah. also. Um, and it comes with like an art book, which is really cool. Um, which like for this, I'm all about this because it's just like a very simple thing. Um, but Kingdom Hearts is like so special. We've talked about it so many times on the podcast. And then it like came with like a, um, a pin and stuff. With Kingdom Hearts 3. So, like, I think, honestly, that might be the only time that I've ever paid for a deluxe edition. Um, outside of, like... Have you paid for... Outside of, like, deluxe editions that were digitally... Digital? That were, okay, like, yeah. in-game rewards. Right. Like, a skin or... Um, PlayStation's been doing this thing where deluxe editions come out, like, 72 hours ahead of time. I did that with Sifu. Because I was like, I really don't want to start a game now. Because I want to play Sifu when it comes out. And then I was like, wait, it's 48 hours ahead of time. I could just do it right now. And so I bought the <laughs> deluxe edition so that I could play on a Sunday instead of playing, you know, waiting until Tuesday. Um, right. I'm just really not the crowd for it. Because honestly, I am this between physical and digital. I'm digital all the way. I am that kid that when you're talking about s- symmetry of a PS5, that's the biggest reason why I wanted the PS5 digital because I cannot care less. I have no PS4 games to use digitally or um, like a disc drive for. I have a Series X, so if I need to play Blu-rays, you know, I'm good. Uh, I'm all digital all the time. And I think with PlayStation and Xbox, especially Xbox Game Pass is just a complete digital wasteland like it is amazing you you have all these digital games at your fingertips playstation their games go on sale so often on the store it's just it's very very easy now of course like amazon is now running this thing where it's buy two get one free for video games those are all physical so i'm you know missing out on the playstation side and there's some really good games that i i can't get a good deal on because I'm all digital, uh, but I don't really mind it. The I think the biggest reason that I do go more physical, besides sharing games on Nintendo Switch, is the storage issue. The Nintendo Switch is still a very, very small handheld device. <laughs> and yeah. so um, when I get to a point when, and on my PS5, you know, like I have Elden Ring, I have Tiny Tina's Wonderland, I have... Um, uh, what, do I, what else do I have? I have Fall Guys. Fall like guys. I, have a, I have a bunch of small indies. I have about probably close to 10 games downloaded on my PS5. Like it can handle that much. When people talk about like storage space and like, oh no, I'm going to have to delete something. It's not that bad. Nintendo Switch, on the other hand, I can't have too many. Like I know I already have Mario Kart. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, I have a bunch of indies that are only released digitally that are on there. Um, luckily those are pretty small games, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're gigabytes 
like there's the storage space is in gigabytes you know there's no such thing as a terabyte unless i wanted to pay for more external storage or sds and i'm not really into that sort of thing with my switch but um yeah i i feel like i'm more 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 a digital person and i don't know if like you all feel like i know some people get scared of like not technically like owning something physically like hey i own this piece of property uh, but i i don't know it doesn't really sway me one way or another i mean before getting to that point you mentioned the whole i guess are we interested in knickknacks thing and i would say that typically i'm not a person that's easily swayed. i would say the only time an actual like physical item that was a part of a special edition that was uh, interesting to me was actually the one of the deluxe editions for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 in that it actually came with a pop socket that had the uh, Black Ops 4 emblem on it. And mm. at the time, I was in basically the market for a pop socket. And it was also that thing of, hey, this is two birds with one stone, you know, just like with Smash. I'm like, oh, I need this item. This is probably the best time to get it because it's with the game I'm interested in and it's something I, it's an item I can actually use. Um, but besides that, yeah, Matt, as you pointed out before, I'm a big, you know, purveyor, surveyor, whatever the word is of steelbooks. I think steelbooks are my number one reason to buy physical. And that's mostly because I feel like, especially as we've moved away from obviously the 90s and the early 2000s, where the internet wasn't as fleshed out, I just find t- typically regular box art tacky. Right, because obviously you have the nice front cover art, but then you look at the back and it's just an advertisement, right? It's like, oh, here are the features of the game. Here's how many players it supports. Here's how much space it takes up, right? And at this point in the digital age that we live in, right, a lot of this information you already know before the game even comes out. So it kind of comes to that point where kind of the idea of the box art is really for the uninformed, right? It's for the parents out there that doesn't, you know, look that don't look these things up beforehand that are just browsing, you know, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, what have you. And it's mm-hmm. a way to let them know potentially to advertise to other people. But for the most part, it's pretty useless to the people that do pay closer attention to games. And so the reason why I enjoy Steelbooks is because it is the opposite of that, right? Steelbooks are that uh, case, right? That is, you know, provides a little bit more extra protection, albeit very slight to your physical disc, but also it is just art, right? And I view the steelbooks as a nice piece of art. You know, it's full. There's no information really. Sometimes they don't even have the name of the game on the steelbook. It's just a full cover piece of art that goes from front to back of the case. And I think it's a really nice kind of collectible type item uh, that looks really nice, especially when you put on display, right? Like it's easier to display a steelbook for a game than it is just the regular plastic box right because you know it looks even on your shelf at home right it looks like it's as if it's on sale at the retail store because Mm -hmm. it has like the weird labeling of the console you bought it for and then all the like gross like weird snapshots of the game on the back and i'm like Mm -hmm. i don't need to see this i already know that i want the game why are you like still i guess continuing to advertise it to me right so I think Steelbooks really is that extra factor to say, yes, I'm an enthusiast of games. I enjoy, and a lot of the times it doesn't even cost extra. You know, when Tiffany was talking about how it seemed like she was motivated to buy games from Walmart physically was because there's a discount. For me, it's not even that there's a discount, but it's the fact that places like Best Buy typically 
their incentive is that, oh, we're selling it at the regular retail value, but here's a free steelbook on top of that. And I think a lot of the times that that's typically what convinces me to say, you know, I could get this digitally, but there's a steelbook and I do like the art, right? Because usually they have nice pieces of art on those steelbooks. Mm-hmm. And so something like Ghostwire Tokyo, which was kind of my most recent purchase that I could have bought digitally, but Best Buy had that nice steelbook that was a free add-on item. And so I ended up getting it physically. But I think typically I will stray physical and, you know, going back to what you kind of touched in, I think there is a concern, at least from my perspective, with how long I've been playing games that, you know, when you buy these games physically or digitally, and also when you just subscribe to a, or subscribe to a streaming service, right? You don't own these games, right? Technically when you are a subscriber to a service, or when you buy the game digitally, right? It's a license to play the game. But not to say that I worry about this because it's not like I do anything to get banned, but because those games are tied to your account, what if something happens to it and you lose access to your account, whether it's through a ban or maybe you forget the password or who knows what, you get hacked, who knows what, you can't play those games anymore. And I think there is a slight concern, especially unless there is a lot of safeguards in place to say, I can always know that you know i'm not going to do anything that's going to get my account banned or shut down mm-hmm. or hacked in whatever way that the only safeguard against that is to buy the games physically because right even if your account gets you know shut down for whatever reason you can just make a new account or play games offline because at least you have that base copy of the disc right that you know the version 1.0 is on the game regard or on the disc regardless of how buggy it might be right because obviously a lot of people complain these days that games don't release in a complete state anymore but at least the game is there right you don't have to worry about that so i think you know i mentioned i buy a lot of games digitally on switch but that's mostly because of the way i see myself playing those games but also at the same time i guess i'm made peace with the fact that if anything happens where i lose access i'm not as heartbroken about it because at least for smash right like i said before I always have Smash, regardless of what happens, right? Because it's on that cartridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I think there is that line you have to kind of make peace with to say, what are you fine with owning, quote unquote, and what are you fine with not with owning? Because I think this is also the just the interesting shift to say, as I mentioned in past episodes, right? The video game industry compared to movies and music and everything else, right, is very young, you know, relatively speaking, right? Like, movies right since what the 10s the 20s have really been a thing or even earlier than that if you count like plays but if we're talking about like cinematic movies of the typical style it's like the early 20th century Mm -hmm. and games have really only been around since about the 70s like maybe late 60s and so it's like we're kind of still catching up in age and in maturity about the industry and just like how movies have gone on to the digital realm right of Oh, a lot of people, even though you can buy them via Blu-ray, you're probably subscribed to Paramount Plus, you're probably subscribed to Peacock, you know, HBO Max and what have you, that it seems like games are shifting in that way. But then it does come down to do you care about ownership or not? And at least from my personal perspective, I do, because I just want to make sure I have the ability to play games, you know, and that I don't come back to a service and then suddenly it's not there anymore and I can't enjoy it. I've got a saucy question. I want both of your answers on this. Do you think we are headed to a time 
where physical is not available for games. That will be a sad day, I think, because I I still lean like majority physical with PlayStation. I buy essentially all PlayStation first parties Mm -hmm. physically, except for like, again, the indie titles. Um, I think the only like, well, I guess it's not technically first party, but like a square Marvel's Avengers. I bought that digitally because I knew I'd play it more like I mm-hmm. well because it's a live service game I figured like having that digitally would help me just like be easy to play that um but honestly Matt I think we have physical games you know what that okay I was gonna say that I think we're gonna still have physical games for a while but then now I think about Steam and I think about like PC games and like they don't sell PC games anymore like they don't sell discs of games for the PC that they used to like 20 years ago remember those gigantic World of Warcraft boxes yes it's like they only had like a, a disc in them maybe an maybe a book but they were like gigantic they were this like eight by 11 and like yeah. thickness of like two inches or something yeah so i was going to say that i think we'd always have physical but um you know what i'm gonna waffle back i think we will unless the internet gets high speed everywhere like i'm talking about like south korea levels of internet connectivity in the united states i think we're still gonna have physical games for another like 20 years i think we will move towards how movies and TV shows are right now. And I think it's the inevitability to say that, you know, it's this content is going to be provided initially as a digital only service, right? Like obviously like with movies and TV, you can only watch it on the platform, right? Like whether it's cable networks or on Netflix or something and movies, right? You can only see it in the theaters or, you know, if it launches simultaneously on streaming service, there's that. Uh, And I would say I even though I'm a big proponent, as I mentioned before, about buying games physically, I think the interesting way to monetize and maybe maybe uh, companies out there, like even Phil Spencer himself with Xbox has seen this, but I would like to see it go how TVs and movies go in that they launch only available digitally, but later have a physical release like movies and TV shows. And that in that physical package, right? Let's say it is the quote unquote more complete version of the game, right? Like it's been patched, right? As most games these days do get additional patches after launch, but also give me special edition content. And I think this is that interesting thing, as you mentioned before too, how digital deluxe editions these days just give you early access to a game that, might not be working properly. So it's kind of funny that you're paying more for a game that might not be in its best uh, version. Uh, But I would want to see games kind of go to that, like movies and TV shows to say, hey, here's a complete patched version of the game. And here's like developer interviews. Here's behind the scenes. You know, here's concept art. I know games already do that, especially like with concept art. Like that's not a new thing. You know, games have already been including this as like bonus content. But I want to see, or it would be nice to see content like TV shows and movies. Heck, you know what would be crazy? What if there's like a developer commentary while you play the game? You know, kind of like Mystery Science oh. Theater or something where really you're cool. playing the game and I enable the developer commentary mode. And while you're playing it, you know, just devs chime in every once in a while to 
like remark on, oh yeah, I remember designing this level and originally this pathway was like this wide, but obviously like we had to make it smaller, you know, to fit something else. And I think if we get to that level of content, I wouldn't mind having digital only initially and then getting a physical release because I think there is more value there than to say, hey, the entire game's on this disc. It's there for you to enjoy. And mm-hmm. here's some cool insights to how we made this game. And I think that makes it more, even more meaningful to say, I'm willing to wait longer to own this if you can give me more of that special type of content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we almost see, we see that pretty often with uh, indie developers who are forced to be digital only. Like even Hades with Supergiant Games, they were able to release a physical copy a year after early access had ended. Um, I don't know if it had any special content, but a lot of people that was like, you know, I just want to own this game. Like, this game meant so much to me. It wasn't me, because I'm not huge into physical media, but yeah, I, I kind of respect that. For me, I honestly, and this is not, maybe this is playing into my bias, uh, who prefers digital, but I think that everything is pointed towards digital-only future. I, I think... Uh, once we get to the next iteration, it'll be interesting to see the concepts for the next Xbox, the next Nintendo Switch, the next PlayStation. Um, will they have disk drives? And, and I think this all started with last generation where we had these special editions or maybe these like light consoles that were digital only. And now, you know, digital only Xbox, Xbox Series S is outselling most things. One, because they're very available. But two, because a lot of people like me are realizing we don't really need disk drives <laughs> all that often. Um, and another way, PlayStation, Xbox, like let's not forget, like these are companies that want money. And what better way to gain money is have digital only consoles where guess where they have to, if you want to play a game, where do you have to buy these games? You have to buy these games on the PlayStation Store. You got to buy these games on the Microsoft Store. And so I I think that the market is just going to be going more and more towards digital. I don't know if that's going to be at the PS6 or if that's going to be PS7, but I would say in the next couple of generations, it's going to be all digital. And I just think the, the whole uh, spectrum of everything since Xbox 360 and PS3 era, I would never have thought that we would ever go all digital. But since last generation going into this generation, I feel like it, we're getting closer and closer to it. I and I don't feel super strongly, like I'm not pushing for anybody to go all digital. Um, but for me, I could definitely see it very in reality, especially with streaming services being as much as they are. Because now, like, I, you know, talking just about movies, I don't own that many movies. I I do buy movies that are special to me that sometimes I have a hard time finding on streaming services. Um, Like some of my favorite movies of all time, I do own on Blu-ray just in case I'm like, hey, you need to watch You've Got Mail with Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Why? Because it's one of the best movies of all time. And sometimes streaming services drop them right around Christmas time. And I watch it every Christmas, you know? Um, So that's important to me. So I'm going to keep a physical copy with me i have the batman the animated series i bought the special 25 year anniversary series because to me that's my childhood and you know what when i have a kid one day i want to make sure that i have batman the animated series because that's how you'll raise a kid right is by shoving that down their throats (laughs) um you know like this is you know those things are important to me 
<laughs> yeah, um, I was born in the dark. Um, so, you know, those things are important to me, and I want to make sure I don't know where a streaming service will have those in 10 years when that is my reality. And so, hey, maybe I just get these discs and keep them around, and they'll keep collecting dust until I need them. Uh, but outside of that, I'm not really looking to buy any movies anymore because I have Disney Plus that has all my Marvel movies, that has all my Disney movies. You know, I've got See, Netflix. Yeah, that's so. So I own every. OK, so here's the thing. I made it a thing where I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I wanted to constantly watch them all the time and the mm-hmm. you know Iron Man 1 came out in 2008 and back when my family didn't oh, like buy into any of the streaming services so like I bought that DVD when it came out I have Iron Man 1 and 2 on DVD not even Blu-ray cuz I also feel yeah. weird buying a Blu-ray version of that when I still own it on DVD um but since then I've been buying every Marvel movie and because there was nowhere to watch them normally or renting it, you know, on Amazon for $19.99 to stream it was like ridiculous. So I bought them and I've actually lended a bunch of Marvel movies to some friends um, because they were trying the, prior to Disney Plus so that they could kind of catch up. Right. And what's interesting to me is that so I bought Infinity War and Endgame both from Best Buy, both in a special steelbook just because. And I have not bought Black Widow, Eternals, or Shang-Chi because they're on Disney+. And I am like, oh, is this the end? Like, do I just not? Like, what's the point of buying Mm -hmm. them? You know, because they're so easily accessible on Disney Plus. It's digital. I don't have to pop in a disc. I don't have to find where my disc is. However, I do plan on buying Spider-Man No Way Home when it comes out on physical media in like a week or two. It's been out digitally for like a month and it's like pained me because I've been wanting to watch it. I'm like, but I don't, you know what? I don't want to own this digitally. Another reason, because guess what? I have Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home in Blu-ray. So to not own it, the the end of the trilogy physically to match what I have, mm-hmm. it would be bothersome to me. Um, but I'm also planning on buying it because I literally can't like where it's not going to it's not streaming anywhere. Right. Like, it's not on Disney+. Plus. Sony doesn't have a streaming service. So I am going to buy that. But I'm probably not buying any more Marvel, you know, movies until they say, we're rotating these out, you know, like Disney Plus, mm. five years from now. And I'm going to be like, ah, I need to go buy them. We're putting wow. them in the Disney vaults with Bambi yeah. and Snow yeah. White. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to be like, I need to get my hands on that. Is, um, is No Way Home not coming to Disney Plus? Like all the Spider Mans? Matt, like none of Tom Holland is on Disney Plus. Right. But I thought that that was changing. Maybe that was a dream. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I seriously <laughs> thought it was happening at some point. Oh, did you? Did you read it? Or maybe it was a dream. You know what? Regardless, I'm going to be real with you guys. The fact that I own two of them on Blu-ray, I need to own the third one on Blu-ray. Like, I just need to That's complete fair. it. That's fair. It's just OCD me. Also, I could potentially lend it to some people who have no idea what's happening. 
And I see that's the major thing that, especially, you know, going back to the topic of our games going to go digital only potentially in the future. And I just like what Tiffany said right now about sharing, I think the major thing is I'm more okay with the digital future if they do a better job about either having some sort of family pass. I know we talked about that last episode Mm -hmm. very briefly about Xbox game pass, you know, potentially adding a family plan type option, but also when you just look at streaming services in general, right, you can have multiple, you know, family members under the same plan and uh, everyone, right. They have options to let multiple people stream at the same time. And I feel like, game digital game pass like subscriptions are going to need to follow suit because that will always be the major kind of advantage of physical over digital in that you can literally give the disc to someone at least you know we're going to ignore microsoft and their anti-consumer practices at the launch of the xbox one where they said (laughs) you have to register all your games even disc-based ones and they were drm'd out the wazoo and they're like, we can block you from playing your disc-based game. But thank God they walked back on that. You know, smart smart look, Microsoft. So bad even, Sony had to put out a video about, this is how you share games on PlayStation. And it was oh, yeah. Shu- Shuhei Yoshida. And I'm forgetting his name, but it's another former PlayStation executive. Literally him handing Shuhei, here you go. And then Shuhei saying, thanks. And that being the like checkmate move for the mm-hmm. Xbox One versus PS4 to say, listen, you know, we're you bought the physical game, you own it. You do whatever you want with it. Play it, throw it in the trash, give it to someone else, let your cat poo on it. I don't know, whatever you want to do with it. But uh <laughs> yeah, until we get to that level of flexibility that a streaming service gives uh to the player to say hey at least let me do it with one other person right i know that's kind of what's currently happening you know matt you partake in it uh with uh yasser in terms of being able to kind of pseudo game share with at least one other person but unless that's there and maybe if not just one other person but you know expanded Mm -hmm. i'm not saying you share with everybody in the world but like maybe a family plan right like four or five people whatever but unless there is that flexibility i don't want to see it right because i feel like Going digital is limiting, but there are ways they can make it at least somewhat similar to how physical is today. Uh, to as long as, you know, let people do what they want, right? Because, you know, I paid 60 now going on $70 for these things. Like, these are much more expensive than movies. Like, even, like, a lot of people, as like, Tiffany's yeah. buying Blu-rays, but they're maybe $20, $30 at most. Yeah. And she's sharing it out to multiple people and getting a lot of use of it. So... I can do the same thing with games, but not necessarily digitally. Yeah. And, you know, the number of games that Alex and I have passed back and forth, like more than two hands worth. So we get a bang for our buck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So question, though, I know that Matt reads... Do you, Thoughts on (laughs) e-books versus physical books? Just to, like, throw this out there. This is where I deviate from my path. There is just something about a physical book. And it, I think, like, I I really enjoy having a physical book. I like the way the book smells in a, you know, like an mm-hmm. odd, odd way. But I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Um, I've never had an e-reader, though. I, I've never I, I've never had a Kindle or uh, whatever else is there. The Nook. 
the nook yeah never had yeah. either of those uh they're cool they're very they're very nice um but i feel like when i'm reading i the point of reading is to almost limit my screen time in a lot of ways and like limit blue light and i i know that there it's a little bit different than like the screens on your phone but right. in my, in my mind uh i just have never really gotten into that sort of thing i think i agree with matt on the basis that flipping pages is just physically satisfying and also physically looking at the number of pages that you've gone through, like as mm-hmm. you progress through a book, because right. Digitally, you just see a number in the corner of the screen to say page 367 of 400. And it's like, yeah, I progressed that many pages, but the, like the physical versus digital representation of it can't be, you know, you can't replicate that. Yeah. I love physical books. Like I love it, but I've also understand audience you've heard me say i love physical nintendo i love physical playstation i love physical books and i like some physical movies uh that's a lot of stuff (laughs) so i and and also i am a sucker for some deluxe editions which i double checked i did not get the three houses deluxe edition because i remembered that i was unable to obtain it because nintendo likes to only make like four copies of their special mm-hmm. editions. Um, but I would have bought it. Like I want, I remember wanting it, but I could never, I never got it anyway. So recently though, our, um, I've actually kind of delved more into the digital ebook situation. Um, when I went on vacation a few weeks ago, I got a few ebooks for the plane because, you know, don't want to be checking in luggage. Like I can't mm-hmm. be fitting in a bunch of books on my carry on. Right. So I, I actually adopted the ebook situation relatively well. Um, Matt, there is a Kindle reader for the phone now. See, this is new. Oh. I, yeah, I had a Kindle Fire, or I got a Kindle Fire, um, maybe the second iteration when that came out many years ago, and I did use it sparingly um, in between the physical books that I like. And I do have to say that with the the eBooks I've been reading um, through the Kindle reader on my phone. Cause I've been using my phone. Cause I'm like, why do I need another tablet type device when I have mm-hmm. a phone and my screen is huge because I have a Samsung galaxy 21 ultra plus or what the biggest one, the Alex, when you mentioned that this is page like 300 out of um, 400 or something, the mm-hmm. Kindle reader actually has this functionality where it learns your reading speed. So it when you tap through the bottom, you can either say like, oh, this is location 3,400 of 6,2500 or something, whatever. Or you can tap through it again and it says you have an hour and 52 minutes left in this book. Oh, that's kind of cool. I honestly, that little like quality of life thing is so cool, but also really bad for me because I've legitimately, cause like sometimes you're like reading a book, right. And you're just like, Oh God, I should go to sleep. But I, I how much like just one more chapter or whatever. Yeah. I, this time has bamboozled me. Cause I'm like, it's like 10 30 mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh, I only have two hours left in this book i mean i could stay up till 12 30 yeah <laughs> but like in other situations i would have been like oh i should really go to sleep like i have half the book left who knows 
how long this is going to, you know what I mean? You know that, what though? That sounds like a bad feature. Like it's just not what? good in my what? opinion. Mostly what? because, especially with like anything, right? Obviously it's different for, I guess, shows and movies because there's only a certain runtime. So it's like, oh, obviously I know if I continue to watch, time only passes as it does in its natural speed. <laughs> so I know to say, if I have 30 minutes left, unless I'm skipping through it, you know, I have I have to watch at least 30 minutes to get right. to the end. But I think especially, you know, I'm going to start with games, but it definitely applies to books as well. You know, everyone consumes it at their own pace. And it no one's consistent, right? Like when you play a game, you're not like consistently playing it as fast as possible. And so when people say, hey, it takes 19 hours to beat a game, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to beat it in 19 hours. You could beat it in three hours. You could beat it in 60 hours, right? It's like you look at the people playing Elden Ring right now. You know, I got the plat in 62 hours, but there are people out there that probably have hundreds of hours in it and they still haven't finished. I was 89 hours. And I feel like, (laughs) yeah, see? And I feel like, especially for books too, and I've done this a lot with books, you know, these days don't read as much but back you know when i was younger reading a lot i stop a lot while i'm reading just to like take something in whether it's like an impactful moment or just trying to understand the actual language of the writing or what have you it's like i'm not necessarily reading to get to the end but i'm trying to read to enjoy it so even having a timer there means nothing to me because i could read the next page and just hit like something where i feels like oh, I need to sit down and analyze this. Like, what's happening? And it could take me, you know, another, like, 10 hours, even though it said two hours to finish. I'm like, but I'm stopping every other page because it's something I just want to, like, sit and think about, you know? And so, like, to me, that number is completely, yeah, it's completely useless. And I see it as, like, oh, you're just guessing it based on how, like, as you mentioned, like, how fast you're tapping next page. But yeah. that really doesn't mean that I'm going to be doing that for the entire thing because my pace is going to be varied. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it does like it's even says like learning reading speed at some points. Mm. Um, the machine so I- can't analyze me. <laughs> Man v machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anything about like TV shows? Like, have you guys ever bought a TV series? No, yeah. No, it's it's I, usually I, the least in like my media. I've said that a million times over. I guess true. the Batman the animated series is the only thing. Exception. But other than that, probably not. I, I will think say for me. Oh, go ahead. That's, I was just gonna say the there's only one thing in my entire life. I think that I find like I. I, I'm assuming it's out there, but there's only like one show, and it's more specifically an anime that I wish I owned just so I could go back to it because it is something I've actually watched multiple times. And that's G Gundam. Mm. And that, that particular anime is the only anime I, well, okay. It's not the only anime I've watched multiple times, but I've watched it through, I think at least five or six times, like, from Whoa, start to finish. that's crazy. And it is that thing where, you know, I don't own it. And that would be something I wish I owned because I've gone back to it so often. and I love it so much that I'd be willing, you know, or I would want to get it. So I probably should look into it and get it at some point just to have it physically. Of And especially because you rarely like reliving an experience you've already experienced. Like this crazy to me that you've watched that show that many times. 
It's just so good. I think, you know, I haven't watched a lot of the Gundam subseries, right? Because there's many, you know, seasons of Gundam, all of different, like, sub, you know, they're self-contained story arcs. But G Gundam is just top-notch chef's, chef's kiss. Any other final kind of tidbits of the digital physical sphere? Well, I want to give it back to Matt because I did interrupt him. No, 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 no. I was, uh, the only other type of media that I do own physically are certain comic books. And I, I do, I read more comic books digitally than physically. But if I like oh. the story enough, I will buy it physically just to be able to have. So, like, I, I a lot of my favorite comic books, luckily, are made into more, like, special editions that have, like, more concept art. Uh, so, uh, like, one of my favorite uh, Batman comics, which is The Killing Joke, um, actually a friend of mine uh, gifted me that. He, like, found it somewhere, like, a special edition of it for a pretty, like, decent price and was like, hey, like, I know that, like, you really enjoy this comic book. So, like, there's things like that. When Invincible came out uh, through Amazon, like, I bought the comics because I was like, I want to I want to see where the story goes. Uh, so I do have a, a few of those. Uh, that are that I do quite enjoy to revisit every now and again, just because a lot of a lot of times, the ones that I really am attracted to have really awesome artwork, and there's just something about seeing it on page and being able to flip to something and and look at it. So, so do you subscribe to any of the like Marvel co- comicology things or something or whatever like to read comic books digitally? No, I do not. Okay, but those are great services. Okay. For those was... that choose to subscribe to them. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> to briefly go back to like the um, TV show question, I have in the past bought like TV complete series. Like I own the Parks and Rec series on DVD. I own House on DVD. House was more of a like old school you know, show that I got and then it came on Netflix and I was like, well, what's the point of my thing? But then like they took it off Netflix. So, so stuff like that. I have some random TV shows here and there, but I've definitely stopped, especially because, uh, you know, with all the Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff, I'm like, oh, I can just watch it there. And it's so much easier than like putting in discs. The, I think the last show that I actually did bought physically was Modern Family. And that's because I couldn't find it digitally or like, I don't have a Hulu subscription, so if it was on Hulu, like I didn't have access to it. But what about uh, what about music? Because I think music is oh. definitely that major factor to say that right. We've easily kind of transitioned to stuff like Spotify and uh, Pandora and just these quote unquote online radio services. But do you, like is there any albums or any like singles or I guess they don't release singles physically, but are, are there artists out there? You don't have to name them, but ha- like that you intentionally go to buy like the physical album releases as opposed to just listening to them digitally. So I will buy K-pop artists physically, uh, m- mainly to support them. And also because that's an older practice of mine you know, in high school and undergrad, it's just something that I did with artists that I like. I don't really do that with um, Amer- or Western artists now. I did buy a Taylor Swift 
like album a few like five years ago I think maybe you know depending on I, I was at Target there was a good sale or something but uh, I think right now it's mainly k-pop artists and I do get into the hype and whirlwind of emotions when I go to a Broadway show and they have their soundtrack like I saw Hamilton at the Kennedy Center like four years ago and I bought the soundtrack like there because like during intermission because I was like really loving the music and everything um and I have done that with another show but but yeah mainly stream music Mm -hmm. otherwise yeah like I've had Spotify premium since undergrad and I've kept it and I I use it on the daily so for me it's like I am using the subscription service because I hate ads and I like keeping like keeping music no matter even if I don't have internet like I can download music ahead of time to keep it on there to support artists though I do um, historically pre-covid um, been able to go to see live music and I, I really love going to concerts um, and I was actually able to go to a concert in the past year um, with kind of like covid precautions and like a very, very small show and a very, very big venue. And, you know, you're having to prove, you know, like they are healthy and all these things. Like they had to go through the rigmarole, but it was like, I want to support these people. They're some of my favorite people to listen to and I want to support them as artists. And I feel like that's a great way for me to do that when I'm not, I don't care about physical media. I didn't, I, you know, they released a new single downloaded on Spotify, but you know, not on Apple or anything like that. So um yeah it definitely makes sense i also i just brought it up because can't go an episode without shout out Dreamcatcher, my favorite k-pop group they're coming out with their second full album soon definitely gonna pick up that album physically to support my girls shout I, out Dreamcatcher. I can't wait for you to link us a song of theirs come December when we're talking about our top six experiences of the year. <laughs> oh, you know one of their songs is going to be on that list. I, I I know it. I feel it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think, you know, so really between the three of us, it's just the mood <laughs> and yeah. the type of media it is. And I think that's great. And as long as we have all these options, we'll keep talking about them. So if you have any strong opinions about this, you can tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast or email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. You can also comment below our YouTube video. Please remember to like and subscribe. Uh, Grandmaster Doug has gifted us with the music that you are enjoying at the end and beginning of this episode and that's it for today bye down to smash you know as they say Do it, you cowards.